0: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
1: Welcome to Jab Cross Hook, a
0: band sided fight show, with your hosts, Ian McMillan, Amy Kaplan, and Reed Wallach. Hello, everyone. It is Jab Cross Hook, myself, Amy Kaplan, Reed Wallach. Uh, we've got a jam-packed show today. Obviously, we're going to finish off with the uh, bet draft for UFC uh, 275. We also have an interview today, uh, a little bit of a unique one. We are not talking to a fighter today. We are talking to Jay Petri for Sure Dog. He's going to talk to us about uh, a fight that we touched on last week. Um, Askar Mozherrov, who had a cooked record. We're going to get that, uh, Get some details about that. Uh, Jay wrote a fantastic article about Unsure Dog, but uh, I have some more questions for him. And I'm sure Amy and Reed do as well. Uh, but we are obviously going to start with just a little chit-chat, a little what's going on in the UFC world, a little update from past weekend. But we will start the show, as always, with what are we drinking? Reed, I will start with you. What have you snagged from your community beer fridge?
2: Yeah, I've decided, first of all, what's up, guys? Uh, I've decided no more Bodega Man to give me, like, random beer options. It's not going well with my drafting. It's not going well with my UFC betting. We're sticking with beer in the fridge. This is what happens when you're a 25-year-old and live with two guys. There's always beer in the fridge. So we're sticking nice, cheap Bud Light. Keep it simple. Get nice and loose. Got a finals game later. Let's just keep it flowing. Let's get back on track.
0: Uh, Amy, I know that you are obviously training. Uh, We talked about this last week. Uh, So are you drinking this week or at least drinking some, I don't know, Gatorade or something? What do you got?
3: (laughs) It looks like Gatorade, but it's just water with some energy fizz. I've been feeling, oh my gosh, this week has kicked my butt. Like it's bad, bad, bad. Like it's crazy, crazy hard. So I'm just going with water and some energy fizz, try to boost me up because I took a nap before this. Low energy. We'll see how the rest of the show goes.
0: What week are you in the training? Is it week three? Week three. Makes sense. So from my experience of being uh, in really good shape and exercising and then stopping for two years and then getting back on it, I find like the third and fourth weeks are the toughest weeks and then your body starts to get used to it a little bit after that. So um, still sticking to it so far, though, yeah. three weeks
2: in.
3: Yep. Still sticking and how, many,
2: how many weeks is it total? Twenty. Okay, yeah, I feel like once you get over that first hump of three, four weeks, and then yeah. you, know, you adapt, like Ian said. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and it, we're, we're obviously increasing what we're doing, doing things a little bit harder. There's been a lot more throwing up of people so far. Still no throwing up for me, thankfully. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> That's getting, a win it's right getting there. there. Yeah, it's, it's getting there. So have people are already injured. Just- we have a girl who may have a broken foot already. Uh, I've got bruises everywhere. So, you know, fun times.
0: Have you decided on a fight name yet? Are you gonna go with the one brought up last week, which I think was uh kill shot Kaplan? Is that what we're going with?
3: I think I am, yeah. I think I am. I like I love it. it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now although it uh,
3: didn't go well for me last week with my kill shots on the betting <laughs> draft. So <laughs> I don't know, we'll see.
0: Speaking of betting draft, uh who won last week?
3: Uh I don't know. Let's let's just move on.
2: Yeah, I don't we don't need to recap last week's from like the betting draft perspective.
0: <laughs>
3: uh, I, I'd
0: like to find out who won. Who won? Why don't you let us know? Well, maybe maybe my drink of choice, because I have been not drinking for probably 10 days, but I mean, I'm not going to break tradition. Um, <laughs> I won the bet draft, so. <laughs> victory bubbly this time. I had victory wine before. I thought it'd make a little bit more sense if it was victory bubbly, a little uh, Prosecco. I've okay. learned living in fancy New York that it's only champagne if it comes from champagne part of <laughs> France.
3: So. It's fancy.
0: So the wine
2: tastes very delicious. What did you do last? Did you sweep the board or did you just go two and one?
0: I went. Do we have a recap graphic? I don't remember if we have a recap graphic for this or not. I think we do. Yeah, we do there have we a go. recap graphic. Look at that. Of course, our awesome production team has that. Uh, I went two and one. Uh plus 0.57 units. I did lose Rosenstruth, and we're going to talk about that here in a moment, about that yeah. stoppage. Uh, run Uh One on Carolina, who was a, a, a plus 100 underdog. My strategy of betting the uh, fighter who won the first fight in a rematch uh, worked for me this time. And then Minifield, which is obviously the guy who fought the guy with a cooked record that we're going to talk about a little bit later with our guest. So I went 2-1, and one, and I, I was lucky because that Minifield bet placed when he was still only minus 175. Mm-hmm. Saturday morning, he was all the way up to minus 250 because the news kind of broke uh, about his opponent's cooked record. Uh, so I did win with the two and one record. You two went uh, one and two, uh, the each of you, I believe.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Amy, pretty,
0: when that underdog, st- big underdog strategy works, it's a beautiful thing. Unfortunately, uh, it doesn't always. Did Ar- Argetta only lose by, was it a split decision or just a close fight or something? I think. Um, it was so,
3: decision. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to see it. So I'm not sure if it was close, but
2: yeah, uh, he Connolly was kind of like on top of him the whole fight. He but then the third round got very close. He definitely it was like a clear 3027. But like round three got a little dicey for Connelly. He was like the biggest favorite on the board. So um, that got a little dicey. But I mean, early in the fight, he looked like the underdog he was, you know what I mean?
3: He also took the fight on four days notice.
2: 100%. No, he actually acquitted himself very well by the end of it. He just couldn't keep Connelly off his back. You know, he was just getting tossed right down to the mat. So up a weight class, I believe, also.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's really quick update on a couple of former uh, guests, and then we're going to bring on our current guest. Uh, But uh, our guest from last week, Ben Tynan, one via arm triangle choke. Uh, LFA, I believe it was, correct? Uh, Yes. This past week. So – uh, obviously, if you remember, we had a bit of internet issues there near the end, but he is officially a friend of the show. Big win by him. Another first-round finish uh, via arm triangle choke. Uh, and then really quick, we do need to, of course, mention uh, Jeff Molina, the first-ever guest of Jab Crosshook, won his fight in the UFC. Arguable decision? Possibly? He, he got his hand raised, so... <laughs> he, he got his hand raised. It will count as a win on his record. Um, but I did miss the first few fights. I read, I think you told me that when they said it was a split decision and when they said 30, 27, he started walking away thinking there's no way it was him and then it ended up being him.
2: Yeah. I, I watched the fight. I thought it was like a clear Zuma, like, especially, so it was like a split decision. So they're reading it off and Zuma Golov, I thought like could have easily won 30, 27, probably like 29, 28, but like clear decision victory. So when it goes to split, I go, Oh, Molina is so good. It's just like you know that he's gonna win. The guy that never deserves to win, it always feels like he wins. And they do a third they say 30, 27 is the last card, and Jeff literally like walks away from like the little stand up in the middle, walks away, and they're like the winner by split decision, Jeff Molina. He turns around and he's like, Oh, like that's creep like he had no idea. So I don't think he deserved it at all, but I think he's kinda eating that also. Like you see on social media he's playing around with it. So yeah, it is. It is what it is. Yeah,
0: he went kind of semi-viral as well for a clip. Uh, was it like defending like uh, like the Pride Month colors of shorts or a shirt or something? I think that yeah, was he,
3: he had posted um, originally that he was really happy and proud to be able to wear the Pride colors for Pride Month when he got his fight kit. And he was completely blasted for it. Um, people were asking if he was gay. I mean, they were just really going in on him. And he was sort of like, which I really appreciate. He was like, well, like if I was like, it's, that's not an insult. Like that would be just who I am. And it's just not me. You know, he was not like getting defensive. He was sort of like talking about how weird it is. And he said again in his post fight, kind of talked about that a little bit about how terrible he was being received. And then they were even badly receiving that. So it's yeah. just like, it's the kind of nature, unfortunately, that a lot of the MMA community has. Um, but I, I was really, really proud of the way he handled that. And, um, yeah, I think that's an ally right there for sure.
0: Mm. We are double proud of our uh, guest, uh, Jeff Molina, this week. Big win, big moment. Love him. Hopefully we'll have him on the show again sometime soon. And also don't forget he went 3-0 in our bet draft beat us uh, in terms of betting too. So Jeff Molina, triple winner. Uh, let's get to this week's guest. Uh, we're going to bring him on if we can. Jay Petri, I hope I pronounced his last name correct. Uh, associate Editor at SureDog. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on because we got uh, a story that we want to talk to you about that you wrote about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said at the top of the show, everyone should go read that article because it's very interesting. Uh, I'm surprised this story didn't go even more viral. Obviously, it did in the MMA UFC world, but I thought this is like a big story just in sports in general. So maybe if we can even just start off just by giving a kind of a quick down for people, a uh, quick rundown for people who aren't, aren't aware what happened. Uh, with a fighter on that fought on last week's uh, UFC card.
1: Sure, great. I appreciate it. Um, first time, call a long time listener. Ian Reed, thanks for having me. Amy, I'm really happy to see you again. Hope we yeah. uh, run into each other at an event sometime soon. Uh, now that events are happening, I don't know the Boston card is going to happen, but we'll talk about that later. Man, yeah. this this uh, it it was the story. It was a, a, a nondescript fight. It was a light heavyweight main card opener. Alonzo Menafield and Askar Mozarov who was a A UFC debutante with, at the time, a record of twenty-five and seven, according to the UFC. That was the official one on record. Uh, Tapology had the same thing, and on Sherdog, uh, I'm I'm the associate editor uh, of of Sherdog, and I work with the staff on Fight Finder. We had twenty-one and eight because there's a few wins that he had on his record we couldn't substantiate. There's no footage. And, and I'm sure you guys noticed uh, if you're doing research for, for the draft pick last week, you're looking for footage for this guy. And it's nowhere to be found. You can find a few things on YouTube, a couple clips here and there, a lot of duplicates. Like you'll find his win, his knockout over Zhang Wang, like six times. But you'll be like, right. like, well, where's the where's the other 14 or so? And. So what happened here is is this gentleman Askar Mosharov, who um, spoiler alert, his final record at the end of uh, the week, as of actually Sunday, is nineteen and thirteen instead of the twenty five and seven he claimed following his first round knockout loss to to Alonso Manafield. Now the reason this all came up is not some sort of vendetta or an admin trying to prove something, as he alluded to on. Uh, media day uh, on Fight Week, um, and rather that he asked Carlos Harab, personally on his own Facebook uh, account of like you know eight hundred or thousand friends or something, not like a, a fifty thousand follower account, like his own Facebook, uh, reached out to one of the Sherdog Fight Finder staff members' private Facebooks, the, uh, a private Facebook. I don't even have it, and I work with the guy, and uh, and and demanded. There's a loss on my record. You must remove it, essentially. there's the, I did not lose this fight. And if you look on the article, I actually document this specifically. It's a 2016 fight against a fighter named Fan Rong in an organization called the Legend King Championship. Well, there's the there's the, the, the small thing of the pictures and the information that we have already, uh, the fight poster we have of the actual event, and that little tiny thing of the, the actual fight, Itself, we have the video of him fighting with the introductions of Fan Rung, and he, you guys have seen Askar Mostarov. He's a very distinct individual. Yeah, neck tats and the, the the thing, the the Ukrainian Conor McGregor style, which you know Conor McGregor didn't invent that, but you know, he's a very distinct gentleman. And we started doing some digging to 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 determine his record from there to set the okay. We have an investigation going. Let's look into this gentleman and see what we can find here. And as we found out, uh, we, we realized there internal notes we have for Sherdog Fight Finder. Uh, all the way back to 2017 for this guy, when he legally he changed his name from Arthur Shadikov to Askar Mozarov. Not changing your name, that's fine. Go ahead. I don't, we don't have any issue with that as long as it's documented. But you can perceive a situation, uh, you know, just imagine, for example, this guy changes his name and, and lets Sherdog know, or somebody lets Sherdog know, and then a gentleman named Askar Mosarov emails another Fight Finder staff member and says, Hey, excuse me. My name is Askar. Here's this video of this old fight. This guy, his name is Arthur. My name is Askar. So you can see that we're not the same person. Could you please remove this loss? Because this is, a, this is some other person. And that transpired to the level... Uh, that got a few more losses pulled off his record onto uh an account like Arthur Sadkov Arthur Shadkov Artur Shadakov now there's transliteration for russian languages the the k's the a's etc there's different ways to type names out so we were able to determine as a staff this guy is the same person in every fight now he's a very distinct individual in 2013 he still had the big giant tattoo on his arm that is unmistakable for him, even if he's 170 pounds instead of the the Goliath 205 he is now. And the investigation over the course of several, you know, into fight week determined that his record of 25 and 7 or 21 and 8, depending on who you looked at, was actually he only had 19 wins because there was a tournament we found. And we found the entirety of the tournament, but he wasn't there. He never, never was, never was. It wasn't like a no show. It wasn't anything weird, weird like that. I mean, gosh, it would be crazy. No, he just wasn't ever part of the tournament to begin with. And, and all of this transpired and unfolded at live. And it, it turned a nondescript fight into something truly bizarre. And, and I, like, I've been working with Fight Finder staff members for, for quite some time. And it's even to me, it's shocking. To have, what is it, he 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 actually, you know, uh, I, I made the joke of the, the my, my own Sherdog stat of the week is six because Askar Moserov suffered six losses <laughs> in the, in this man of fight week to, to fighting at the UFC about that. Uh, but it's, it's, it's truly a bizarre situation. Um, and I don't like to use the F word of, of fraud um, because that's a big word. It's a. This is a sport with major, you know, money on the line and right. and, and all of the things like that. But unfortunately, you know, you got to call a, a, a thing what it is. And uh, I want to ask you all something, if you don't mind, a, a quick question. Okay. Do you think the UFC will hang on to this? Because the UFC is fully aware of what happened. That we, Arc has been in open communication with the UFC staff. Um, I personally was contacted by an official from the UFC to clue them in on this situation, so they know, they know they they updated his record. We we talked about that, Amy on Twitter, uh, that what it, what is the record going to be? Is it go, what what are they going to show on fight? What's Bruce Buffer going to say? And they they showed the re, they reflected it the way it is. Do you think that Askar Mozarov will have a place on this roster going forward?
3: You know, that was actually um, on our list of questions to ask ah, you. <laughs> okay. But I, I have a theory. I think that if he had come in and put on a great performance, then yeah, I think they would have said, oh, we knew all along mm-hmm. that he was good and we saw something or whatever, and they would keep him. But I think after his performance and all of this drama, there's no way they can. I mean, I think if they do, then there's clearly somebody is being like, black like a puppet or, kind of Yeah, there's singer. somebody that's doing someone a favor. Someone buried a dead body somewhere. Because <laughs> you know, otherwise, <laughs> a, why? I he didn't put on a good performance. He didn't look good. So why? Yeah, with all that drama, I don't know what do you guys think.
2: No, Jay. I mean. I don't know how well versed you are in the betting space, but mm-hmm. I mean, Manyfield when we did the draft initially, and I did my research, like you he said,
1: was about and- a, he was about a, a Field was about a, what a buck fifty minus one fifty or so.
2: Yeah, when we did the draft, I think he he was around like minus one seventy five at that point. Like he was starting to pick up steam, yep. and I had yep. done my research on the fight, and I saw like who is like I was like who is this guy because I don't think that highly of Alonzo Manyfield, so mm-hmm. I was like okay, maybe I'll go. Mm-hmm. And then I looked into this guy, I was like, I literally have. Who is this person? <laughs> I, I literally have no idea who this is. So by the time the fight closed, he closed, I think, minus 255. Yep. He looked minus 1,000. He This yep. was like he was fighting just a really tall guy off the street. He would, I mean, like Amy said, Mirazov, he would have acquitted himself well in the octagon. and gets knocked out. It happens. Like maybe UFC could spin this, but mm-hmm. I just think you have to take this blemish as, hey, we got kind of – we got conned a little bit, like it is. Yeah. Like I know you don't want to throw around the fraudulent world. Like to me, like that's what this guy is. Of like, course, you know? yeah. And I mean, you know, someone at SureDog where you guys are like a database, and I mean, I use you guys for years. Mm-hmm. You see all these different types of regional footage and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, definitely. for a guy to come out of the woodwork and then to get on the main card, I mean, it, it's a it's a little whoopsie. It happens. Yeah. you know, I ended up making some money off of many fields, so I'm not yeah. that about
0: it. Well, that that's kind of my main question because I was a I ended up drafting a minifield read, but we yep. and you had the same notes. Where I I looked at uh, this guy last week, and this is before I even found out uh, that he had a cooked record. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this guy doesn't seem good. All his wins are against cans. You know, the only time he fought in North America at Titan, it was, I believe was Christian it was.
1: Torres. He tapped to one single elbow. Right. By the way. <laughs>
0: So I was like, even before I knew about the record thing, I was like, this seems like an easy bet to me. So, like, why and how did he even get signed by the UFC in the first place? There's so many talented, skilled fighters out there that aren't in the UFC. How'd this guy get in? It has to it, be the tattoo. It, has it, to.
1: it It must be the tattoo. It, it's really actually a remarkable situation uh, because I, I was in open communication. We have, uh, on Sherdog Finder. we have about 50, 45 to 50 at any given time uh, international members of uh, that work on the staff, you know, anywhere from, you know, Tennessee, all the way to, you know, Ukraine, and and we have all over the world. So we have multi, you know, time and and multilingual staff members to to investigate this. And one of the staff members uh, informed me that back in like 2017 or 2018, for one of his particular fights, he was was winning some fights. Uh, The announcer stated that multiple times that he was actually signed by Bellator. At the at one at one time, once upon a time. Now he never fought for Bellator, as well we know, and as we also recall, he was signed to PFL last year, wasn't it? Uh, he was stepping in uh, for it. Was it was it Challenger Series or anyway? He was signed to sure. PFL and he and he pulled out on Fight Night and 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 that all well fell through too. So he was also signed to PFL, and then he was picked up by the UFC. When you have that sexy, glossy twenty-five wins and twenty-three of them are by 100%. knockout, it it I guess it, it it paid it it just on paper, on paper, it was very sexy. Now, as you recall, you I heard you guys were talking about the uh, uh, last week, the um uh Kratos, the three the last three wins he had, uh where you know the guys he fighting were not exactly uh, you know, ultimate hot shots that you know that one of them was a sub five hundred fighter, one of them was five and one. Uh, And one of them was was the the spinning wheel kick uh, that he bumped into his ear, and the guy went, oh, and he fell over. There's another fight on his record that's an eight-second knockout where he walks the guy down, throws a high kick. The kick is blocked high, okay? That's the first strike. The second strike, he steps in. They're in a ring on a cage. Steps in with a knee. Guy blocks low, blocks the knee. uh, Oscar goes, punch, punch. The guy's corner throws in the towel. That's it. That's the whole fight. That's yeah. the entire and the guy falls to the ground and he holds his back and he's all hurt. Oh. And what promotion me. was this with? Uh this was with IPFC Young Fun Showdown 10 uh, July 28 2018 against Nurjong, which is all we have. We only have one name. Yeah. So on paper you see sub two minute knockouts. Like crazy. Because this gentleman like like look it's never personal and I respect the certain skills that he brings to the table. For 2 minutes, this guy is shot out of a cannon. He hits like a truck. Even if the guys go, "Oh, you got me" and they fall down and it's over, well, no. That one leg kick sounded pretty darn good and probably hurt a little bit, you know, even if the reaction was obviously exaggerated, that he has power, and so they could see this. And and whomever was scouting him saw all of the wins and the, the quick fit, the quick wins. If you just look at the for sure dog, for example, we will if you have to look at their page to see that Fabrice Degon is actually was five and oh at the time, or or if Genny was actually you know a mid tier guy, you can you don't see, you just see, oh, he smoked that guy, oh, he's he destroyed that guy, and so I believe that must have been what drew people to him because you know once you i mean it's the it's the the sweater song you know once you pull the thread his 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 record is very very naked and not a good kind it just like the first seven wins he had seven in a row seven first or six first round finishes or something like that a very impressive get back on track well none of the fighters he beat had ever won a pro fight so what do you do what do you do you just okay that's i I discussed his cherry picking so it it it, it's just the that or right place, right time. I don't know because this was intentional. He's been signed for the UFC for quite some time. If you guys recall, he was right. supposed to fight Ben Rothwell. He was supposed to fight ooh one other person. I think it was a heavyweight as well. And then he was set up against Menafield. So questions upon questions upon questions. Oh, How yeah. do
3: you think that the UFC handled it once, you know, like I guess in fight week, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds like they did contact you. It seems like they were trying to get to the bottom. Yep. Do you think they did enough that do you think they did their diligence or do you think that they needed to have done more in the situation?
1: I <laughs> this is this is such a funny situation because you balance the promoter hat and the I, you need to, the public needs to know hat. Like I'm, I'm obviously. I, I, I need to represent myself as what I am. I'm a reporter. I work for Sherdog. I write the news. Uh, in this one particular context, you can. there is some journalism in it, but I am a reporter flat out. But I report the stories. I report the facts as is. So when I put this together, every single piece of this information is cited. You know, I put all the links in the videos and there were multiple videos, including the first two videos I put up were videos that weren't on his, or losses that weren't on his record until we get here. So... From that perspective, I think that people should know there has been some shenanigans going on. Uh, the UFC has their weekly betting show. It's, it's John Anik, uh, John the Greek, and Nick Kalikas. And Kalikas touched on it. I think he even said the F word too when he was talking about the weirdness and the, the headaches it was causing him uh, for fraud, by the way, audience, not the other ones, um, <laughs> that it was causing some issues. But that's the only time I heard any UFC type of person. Uh, I think it was Alan Juban on the... Um, preview or one of the shows said that his room was swirling with controversy, but you could see a concerted effort from the UFC to be like, okay, let's let's not talk about it because it is an egg on your face thing. Because then it would, you know, just just in theory, it exposes the UFC that they're not checking into these fighters, and you can take the ramifications and and and, and implications from there. That it makes the UFC look bad, and at the expense of what you know, the the that wouldn't make the broadcast better if the ufc said if, if paul felder was talking about Mozarov and once he you know takes that right hand and Menafield mm-hmm. goes into that double and then Men- and then paul felder rips into him for being a total tomato can or something it doesn't doesn't help the product i mean it's they were they were caught between a rock and a hard place and i understand the choice they made even if i disagree with it but that's because I, we're media you know we mm-hmm. we we want to yeah, know and we good. want people to know but it's 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 what really the only thing we'll know how seriously the UFC takes it is if we're watching the UFC roster watch automated Twitter account and it will say that his his, his he askmosro has been released uh, yeah. because otherwise, I mean, if we, can, can you imagine if we like saw him fight again? Oh my,
0: God.
3: <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Oh my Gosh. Uh,
0: in, in in your time doing this, uh, obviously mm-hmm. you've been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen anything like this? Especially, uh, obviously, I know the kind of the regional mm-hmm. circuit you might see this kind of thing occasionally, but especially at the UFC Bellator level, have you seen anything even close to this before? I've been watching the UFC for a long time. I don't remember a story about a guy's record being. You know, cooked heading into fight week. So, ha- have you written into this anything like this before?
1: At this level, not to this degree. Like there, there have been examples. Here's here's a positive example. Here here's here's a a good one, and I'll see if I can remember his name right off the top. Of Man, my... um, he's a Russian fighter, Damiris Magulov. He's a lightweight, and he was twenty and three or something like that. Very very talented, long win streak. And uh, we received on, on, on Sherdog sure about a year and a half ago a, a request for hey this this UFC fighter is not complete. There's a tournament he participated in it and son of a gun. It was right. This was here's the full tournament. It was called Alash Pride, which is a major Kazakhstan organization that they run. Mm-hmm. Uh, over there. And oh my gosh, that's Demir Magalov running the train on, on three, you know, obviously unskilled relative to him competitors. There's three real wins that nobody had on his record. So now he's better. So that's a real situation that is a positive thing. And we were, were grateful. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to get this. But to have six false wins that were, that never happened, like this is the kind of thing, this isn't a what, whoopsies or whatever. This is that. The event didn't exist. Like, there was one or two that were registered under some organization called Mung Mung Championship. Now, sports fans out there, there's no such thing as Mung Mung Championship in, in MMA. There's no such thing. MMC over in China could be Mars Marshall Championship. MMC is the similar logo. But that's not enough to tell us that this kind of thing happens. So an, a record of a, a you know a, a net change of 11 is just absolutely unheard of. And it's, it's wild. Like you can think of examples of, of, of fighters who have kind of fudged the the, the notes a little bit. And, and, you know, we, we, we know that some fighters have have taken the easy road, uh, no disrespect whatsoever to Tyler Santos, 19 and one, but an Astro team at the beginning of her record, she fought several competitors who were, you know, Oh, and six or something along those lines, but at least she had those fights. at least she fought these people and and competed against them but for an an absolute work of fiction at the ufc level to get by everybody and it got by everybody and and you know all of us included until fight week is just one of a kind and and it's it's such a strange situation where there's just just make believe happening (laughs) the very first poster uh, i put up on the the article that I have of of FF Files uh, is a picture of an event called GFC in Turkey. Well, here's the thing: this event never actually happened, and the only proof we have of its existence is the fight poster of him versus some guy, and and it's just just imagination. So, no, this is this is special. This is really special.
0: And you you made it very clear in your article. Uh, once again, everyone should go check it out. Uh, not a good idea for fighters to do this. Certainly, <laughs> do not recommend doing this. Probably a career killer. We're probably not going to see him again. might not. Because we have uh, seen the UFC release, guys, for a lot. Uh, yeah. Not as bad reasons as this. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it's like like we've all said. He didn't even look good in this fight. He looked terrible. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I,
1: I sorry to interrupt, but I feel a little bad talking about him on jab cross hook. He didn't even land that many significant strikes. He only landed <laughs> two in the whole fight.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he was basically on the ground for the entire time. I mean, Daniel <laughs> took him down to start bounding him out. I mean, that was just too easy. Yeah, he
0: landed the jab and the cross, but maybe not the hooks. So. Yeah, today's yeah. <laughs> episode officially just called jab cross. <laughs> Uh, well, that's awesome, Jay. We appreciate you coming on. Sure. Like I said, this was a fascinating story. I, I thought it should have blown up even bigger in the sports world. Mm-hmm. It's not something yeah. I've ever seen before. So thank you for coming on. Once Definitely. again, everyone for who's watching, go check out the article because you dive pretty deep into it. So, uh, yeah. I think Thanks. we're
3: putting it in the notes in the YouTube. So if you're on there, there should be a link in the notes. If one not, one. Um, that's a, a note to our producers to do that now. <laughs>
1: Thank you guys for having me. I, I enjoyed this. This is a, a special story and I enjoyed telling it to y'all. So take care guys.
2: Thank
3: you so much. Bye. See you soon. That's crazy, that. man. That's crazy. Yeah,
2: when man. we did the show on Wednesday, it was like just getting going. Like it was almost like the smoke was kind of building. And I think Amy, we even asked you about it and you're like, yeah, like it's kind of weird. <laughs> like no one really knows what's up with this guy. Like kind of yeah, strange. You know,
3: it's funny because when I saw his article, or I saw them talking about it. I saw the name and I was like, "Who? Are, I don't. I've never heard of that guy." I'm like, "Whatever. I don't need to deal with this right now." And then I was at media day, and they were talking about it. At media day, they're like, "Oh yeah, blah, blah blah." And then I'm like, "Wait, he's coming to media day? He's a UFC fighter and he's coming <laughs> to meet? Like, because if you come to media day, that means you're on the main card." So I was like, "This is crazy." Not only did I not realize he was a UFC fighter, but that he's on the main card. So it was just even that day, we were all kind of like, "What's going on?" Like, you know, we just didn't know. It was it's. It's definitely something none of us have ever had to deal with.
2: No, that was a bizarre story. I think he uh, definitely gets cut, right? Like, I'm surprised he, he has, has
3: to be. He has yeah,
2: to be. 100%. He was a uh, joke out there. It was, like, ridiculous.
0: One more note on this. This, I don't know how you feel about this, read being a better as well, but this might go down as one of my biggest regrets. I bet on Minfield, but I should have Oh yeah. asked friends and family to lend Total me money so I can bet on this guy because he was, like – Mine, like it closed, I think minus two fifty. Like yeah, big favorite, but still like you could make some money. Yeah, I just, like I just felt like this was too good to be true because you know this like sometimes in betting things that seem like they're too good to be true usually are. This is one of the rare cases that you could have just made literally as much money as much money as you could gather up to bet you could have made on this because it was just that easy and just that good. This guy's a bum. Yeah, But no, the crazy
3: I mean, thing is that, like, because there was so much unknown, what if he had been really right. good? What if, like, what if some of those wins had been real? And, like, right. maybe, who knows? Like, maybe there was something. It's another country. I, I don't know. So it's, like, but, that's what caught, kept me from doing a big bet.
0: Yeah. Right. And that that was, to be honest, the responsible thing to do because you're right. I mean, who, who like,
2: <laughs> we, we couldn't know for sure. But in
0: hindsight, it's, like, damn, I yeah. could have made so much money. Yeah, yeah. like,
2: I, I always go, like, bet regret, like, you know like oh i didn't bet this person I didn't do that I didn't do that like i didn't put enough on this person <laughs> like in <didn't> paragraphs i only put like a normal bet like you know i i didn't take him in the drafts i didn't know and then when it kind of came out that this guy is a is a clown and everything um you know i bet many filled money line and then like i took inside the distance and then like i sprinkled on some props and i was like by the end of it i was like in pretty good and then like he wins in whatever it was like two and a half minutes i was like god i should have like got in like real creative and gotten more involved in this because i mean that was too easy i had him i have to win by submission like plus 600 that was like kind of the that was like the big like uh uh enchilada there and he had him in the crucifix and i was like oh like maybe he'll just like tap out because like he doesn't want to like be in the fight anymore because he t- i heard that he tapped that other time right with, like an elbow so i was like oh maybe he will just like tap and i'll win and then like uh whoever was the ref to step in was like you need to stop like literally killing this person. (laughs) Like, this guy's not supposed to be out here. But, yeah, Uh, bizarre story.
0: Yeah, a couple more quick topics before we jump into the draft here. Uh, The other thing that we need to talk about about last weekend's card is uh, Alexander Volkov wins by first-round TKO. Uh, Questionable stoppage. Uh, At least, I mean, I think it was questionable. But also, it's so hard to argue with stoppages because, like, at the same time, we're playing with someone. Like, you'd much rather an early stoppage than a late stoppage because we're playing with someone's, you know, health their head health, their brain health. Uh, do you two have any thoughts on this? Amy, I'll start with you.
3: Well, I didn't see it, but I do have to say that um, there are conversations that sometimes happen. I'm not saying that this happened at all, but there are times where fighters will talk to the ref before they go out and say, you know, don't, whatever you do, don't stop it. Let me go, let me go, you know. Or sometimes I think there might be fighters that say, if I look in danger, stop it. I don't want to be you know, don't let me go. Don't let me be beat up for too long or whatever it is. So I'm not saying that's what happened, but I think that there are times when the referees kind of make that judgment call about the, I mean, we see it all the time with, with women, they stop them earlier than they stop the men. So I don't know if maybe there was some, something going on with maybe his opponent. I don't know, but I didn't see it. I don't know if it was early, but yeah, I, I agree that I tend to be more um, upset about late stoppages than early stoppages.
2: Yeah, I I thought it was pretty I thought it was a fair stoppage. I mean, also I've se- I've certainly seen worse stoppages. Yeah, it was like it was a little early cuz like Rosenkrantz wasn't like down down. It wasn't like he like hit the deck and like, you know, he was like getting like kind of clobbered. But I don't know. He was talking to Herb Dean after the fight. Like it seemed like he was kind of there, but like also we're talking heavyweights. This isn't like a flyweight bout where like the punches like these like Volkov is like the biggest guy on the roster. He's 6'7", so like, you know, if, you know, the beating could only get so bad. I thought it was fine. Like I thought if it didn't end right then and there, it was going to end in the next 10 to 15 seconds. So maybe it was a little early, but like Volkov looked. I think trick's mouthpiece came out too, which like to me, then I was like, oh, that they're going to call this. That was kind of like the warning sign. And then like five seconds later, they did a little early, but like, I think the fight was about to end. So I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, like if it was like a fight still in question or like, it wasn't like a clean knockout or anything, then like, I'd be like, ah, oh, like kind of let it go a little bit. But like this one, he was up against the cage and Volkov was kind of teeing off on him. And his mouthpiece came out like fair stoppage. I thought a little, early. Uh, I
0: was- yeah, we still have a lot to get through, so uh, let's just jump forward right to, well, I think Darren, What I, I didn't even see this, what's it, Darren Till in, has a, has a Kamzot
3: tattoo? Komzot Chima- no, it's actually, somebody has a, two tattoos, one is of Kamzot Chamayev, the other is of Darren Till, they're That's actually weird. pretty epic tattoos, but uh, we have a visual, if we want to throw it up there real quick, they are amazingly done tattoos, nice tattoos. but also like, why
2: it's yeah, very weird. Don't, yeah, don't, why, yeah, why are you doing that? Very the strange. only thing I would ever do of that size and magnitude would be, like, a Brooklyn Nets NBA championship tattoo, like, on my, like, <laughs> heart, leg or something. That would be it. Like, this is, like, a wild. Also, like, you got a Darren Till tattoo? Like, come on. What are we doing? Just, <laughs> Darren Till of all people? Yeah,
0: tattoos mm-hmm. of other people in my mind. Unless it's, like, a family member, obviously that's a little different. But just, like, tattoos of, like, athletes. Like, actual, like, athlete faces is, is always weird to me. Like, there's okay, always, so- like. You always see pictures like people like a Joe Rogan face tattooed on their arm. It's like that seems kind of strange, right?
3: I have a Pee Wee Herman tattoo. Just for full disclosure, it's just a little one though. It's a character, though. Yeah, I mean he's a real person. Yeah, but
0: But, uh, what's the story behind that? You just Um, like it's actually
3: when my son was young, he asked if he could pick a tattoo for me, and I said sure, and he he picked Pee Wee Herman because at the time all we watched was. Big, uh, Pee-wee's big adventure and so I have a little heart and like a little cartoon and it's funny because I was at a jiu-jitsu tournament one time and it's on my shoulder on my back and the owner of the promotion saw it and f- just completely flipped out and he's like anytime you come to any of them tell them you're the girl with Pee Herman tattoo and you can always get it
0: that's so, amazing. That's I mean, yeah, that that has an actual story behind it. I, I doubt this guy has a heartwarming story I mean, about. As I said, you know think it?
2: that that person who got the Darren Till tattoo had his uh, child pick. <laughs> hey, which <laughs> UFC fighter do you want yeah.
3: yeah. to? I'll, I'll do it. At least they're done well. That's all I gotta say. Like they're done very well. well done.
0: Good artwork. Uh, la- last thing I want to talk about before we get in the draft here, uh, Amy, I believe your story came out today, uh, with Glover Teixeira. T- T- it's I actually coming out I,
3: as, as soon as this is over. So this is a sneak peek. Ooh.
0: I've known him forever and I've heard his name a million times. It's just one of those names I can never, Teixeira?
3: Teixeira. Yeah. Okay. And
0: it's, it's Glover. It's
3: a
2: Glover. Too. Yeah. I can't. I struggle to spell it every. Once again,
0: I've known him his entire UFC career. Like I've, like I've been aware of him. I've listened to his name a million times. I always get it wrong. It's one of those names for me. Uh, So tell us a little bit about that. I think you have some pictures uh, to go along as well, possibly.
3: Yeah, we've got some pictures we can throw up while I'm talking. I about, I'd say about a month ago, went to Connecticut. I think I did a show from there, um, and was in the gym with him. I got to follow him for about two days. um, Did some photos of him training with you know, with his coach and with the other kids. And I think my, my story is really centered on the fact that he's very humble. He's not like a lot of the UFC champions. He allows just kind of anybody access to him. He continues coaching, and he has this really neat philosophy about how, you know, he wants to keep teaching everybody his secrets, all his, his uh, favorite submissions and the way to defend those favorite submissions because those are the, that's the only way that he's going to get better is if he teaches people to beat him. So the only way that he will improve is to then figure out a way to trick them. So it's like his, just his really, it's a really cool philosophy of getting better. A lot of UFC fighters will close down their gyms when they're training. They don't want anybody there, even people within their gym. He's there teaching classes while he's training. He's got a class that he teaches warming up and doing rounds around him while his coach is there with him. You can see in the background, there's, you know, people... Training while he's training. It's just really, it's a really cool experience, and it's not not common with UFC champions.
0: That is a fascinating philosophy that you don't hear very often. Where he gives up because then he figures if I give my secrets up, people will figure out counters to it, and it'll only make me better. Right. So exactly. It. I don't think I've ever heard that from people before. That's a, that's that's fascinating. Uh, yeah. When he
3: told me that, I was just like, "Wow, <laughs> that's such a cool way to think." You know, it's a very confident way to think as well.
0: So that article you said is coming out right after we're done the show.
3: Yep. I'm going to hit publish right when this is over. So you can look on fan sided and find it there and I'll tweet it as well. There'll be more pictures, quotes from him, quotes from his coach, stuff like that.
0: Awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to reading that quite a bit. Um, speaking of uh, Glover, you two ready to uh, get.
2: Let's do it. Yes. Champ, you got right. the speaking of champ. Champ, you got the you got the order.
0: Yep, defending champion. So if you are new to to the program, if you haven't watched this before, we do a little bet draft to make it a little bit more different when talking about who we like this weekend. Uh, it is a snake draft. We go obviously one two three and then three two one. We uh, draft fighters who are fighting in this weekend's card, uh, and then based on the odds, whoever finishes with the best record and is up the most units, or occasionally is down the fewest units at the end of the card, uh, wins that week's draft. Um, because I won last week, I get to pick the order. Quick question, and we didn't discuss this before we went live. We have in the past done four rounds for the pay-per-view cards. Are we only doing three? Because it is a little bit of a shorter, like smaller card.
3: I would say three. We're running a little bit late as well. You're correct. We're a little bit behind
0: schedule And the card, even though it is a pay-per-view. It's a little bit of a small, like there's not as many fights as a normal pay-per-view. So let's stick to three rounds here. Um, I haven't even thought about what order I want to go in, to be honest. Um, I will go, th- I'll go third, uh, Reed, you go first, Amy, go second. Okay. Putting me
3: on are score. we just picking from the whole card too, since we're not doing the four rounds or are we doing?
2: Yeah, we'll Salem's just do four. Third. anything's available. Okay. Let me get my pick together and send it to the producer. I'll do everyone a a solid this time around. But um, so obviously Clover. I feel like, I feel like the reigning champ though usually picks. They want to go third. I feel like. I feel like that's. I did it last time also. I feel like that's a trend.
0: Yeah. Has been a little bit of a trend, hasn't it?
2: Yeah. So I I got my pick in do to do. Uh, I'm going main card though. Uh, first pick. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say the name for sure, Ron. But Ramazan Emiv. Oh, I should have gone first overall.
1: Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: slight underdog and he is like the perfect underdog bet in my opinion in what you're looking for veteran has a lot of age and experience on his opponent jack della Maddalena. uh Maddalena came from the contender series then gets like like a just trash can type fighter like minus 400 favorite knocks him out great uh Emiv is a wrestle-heavy, um, has the experience, like I said. He's going to try and take this to the mat, slow down Madalena. I think mean, that's a huge step up in competition. And, I mean, look, if Madalena is that legit, then I'll lose on that. But, again, at, like plus money like this, I think that Emiv, you know, slight on maybe like a pick on, maybe a slight favorite. I just see like plenty of avenues to victory. So, I'm happy to get him uh, first overall. That was my top pick on the board. Uh, yeah.
3: Plus for that pronunciation as well.
2: It, I was right.
0: Or I think terrible. I don't
3: know, but that's how uh, I would. have it. Looks said it Looks
0: right. <laughs> Listen, I I agree with every point you made. I should have gone first overall. I didn't think uh, either of you two were going to take him. I thought he was going to drop to me at number three. Um, but if you're going to give me a Dagestani fighter at plus money, I mean, I'm just going to take it.
2: Just almost based on that alone. So, especially an inexperienced fighter like Madalena, like you know, you got to prove right. it to me before you're going to be laying that type of price against a vet. So, so but I also
0: like- to be fair, that does kind of concern me because I don't really understand why. Um why, why Madalena is a favorite. So maybe the yeah, odds makers know a little bit something something else. But, um, hey, maybe it's just that easy. So yeah. I always like the pick. I would have taken I'd win first overall. So that is the first fighter off the board, Ramazan Amiv. Uh Amy, you're up next. Uh, let's hear your
3: pick. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious I'm going to pick Glover first. Um, and not just because I spent a couple days with him, but because I like the underdog. And I can't believe that he's an underdog. I mean, I get it. I get like Yuri is one of those guys. It's just scary, scary, scary. But I don't know. Like I, I, there's something in and Glover that, um, you know, we talked about his philosophy. I just feel like if he wants it, if he wants to be a reigning champion, he will be the reigning champion. You know, in the in the interview, we talked a little bit about you know retirement and. Does he want to make history and those types of things? And he's he's sort of just, I feel like he's really happy with his career the way it is. Um, so I'm just curious to see what Glover shows up. But I'm always going to put my money on him. He shocked us before. I think he can do it again if he wants to. Um, I think people are underestim- underestimating him. So I'll take him. Me and my underdogs.
0: I did kind of assume you were going to take him, so I, yeah, I, I was comfortable picking behind you. I was hoping I did not think Reed was going to take him. even and I thought of was going to fall to me. So my strategy yeah. half worked. Um, I, I guess we yeah. should talk
2: about the fight, though. I mean, I'm in a bit of a pickle because, like, I think Proshak is like the real deal. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Like, since he, I know he's only fought twice, but like, I've been on him both times. He's fought. This guy's a, a monster. Like, he's legit. I might like, but. I don't know. Part of me thinks like it's pretty binary, right? Like, Prashaka's is either going to knock him out, like, just knock him out silly, or Glover's going to like hang around for like the first round and then get it to the mat really quickly and make him submit. I'm kind of leaning towards taking Glover probably by submission. But like, I'm not confident in that pick.
3: I mean, I think too, like, Yuri has this weird way of training where he's got, I would love to follow him and see what his, he's like
2: are. a wild, wild person.
3: Yeah, which is 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 Reese. not always a good thing. Like it's yeah. good like, like it was good for Tony Ferguson for a while. And then it stopped working because your unpredictability almost becomes predictable. Does that make sense? Like oh, he's he he's he got to the point where he was doing crazy things and focusing on like being different and not doing the normal thing when like the normal thing works too. You know, it's like so you don't want to get so far off Offline, that you kind of jump the shark, I guess, is what you call it. But I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that that could only last so long for him before he goes back to basics.
0: This is like the ultimate test of kind of like a you know an unorthodox guy against like Glover. To my in my mind, is like the best example of a guy who just does the like the basic not not basics, but he does like everything oh, yeah. right. He's not going to yeah. be an unorthodox. He's not coming out throwing spinning backfists and things like that. He's going to do all the simple things very, very, very well, and that's how he wins fights.
2: Yeah, like, so. if, we, if we're if we talking about, like, next week, like, Yuri knocks out Glover in the first 90 seconds and, like, is the champ, like, yeah, but, like, look, I, I know he has a lot of fights under his belt and stuff, but it's a bit – he's running up the ranks really fast, and it's deserved, but I wouldn't be shocked if he gets humbled a little bit here and loses. Like, again, I think he's a championship-level fighter. I think he's huge and he's, you know, legit, but – he hasn't really been challenged on the mat before. And he struggled, you know, in like his regional stuff on the mat. So I think, you know, when you're facing an ace like Glover, you know, if Glover's capable to hang around the first two minutes, I think this fight gets really interesting. And again, if I had to guess, like, I kind of lean towards Glover by submission in like round two, early yeah. round
0: two. It's not a fight I'm going to be betting on. To be honest, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy because I. It's I, probably I Glover
2: pass. I don't see much value in betting here. I have yeah. to say,
3: I'm actually really excited to be able to sit on my couch and watch these fights, <laughs> and yeah. not have to be in the back and like squished with somebody and like scrambling with the internet and stuff. I'm gonna, I'm just so excited. I'm inviting people over. I'm like, we can watch it, we can oh, eat, awesome. we can do whatever we want. So Love I'm excited it. for that. That's
2: great. Love
0: it. Um, all right, I'll get to my uh, first pick and the final pick of the first round. Uh, we just talked about the main event. Uh, I guess is it? This isn't the co-main event. It's the third fight on the card. Yeah, the, right. The third the co-main to the co-main um weili i'm just gonna take her uh to beat Yona on check minus 175.
2: i, I was I was, on, I was gonna take her too yeah i didn't the, think you go favorite early
0: obviously a big favorite here but uh i think it's the right pick i mean joanna hasn't fought since their last fight to be fair their last fight was a razor thin decision i even think it was a split decision uh she hasn't fought in the past two years now which makes me a little bit concerned Um, But this just goes back to the same strategy that I've harped on. It feels like almost every single show. I've looked at the data. I did a deep dive research uh, a couple years ago. It is a long-term profitable betting strategy that when rematches happen, you bet on the person who won the first fight. So it's really as easy as as that. And I think think we've seen – uh, the best it, that uh, Yun Chek has to offer, whereas I think Wei Lei Zhang still has room to grow. So I think they are trending a little bit in the opposite direction. Uh, so I will take Wei Lei Zhang uh, minus one seventy five as a big favorite.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you here. I, I like Zhang a lot in this fight. This was like a similar line to when they first fought two years ago. And I mean, it was like, was it that was he that big of a favorite the first time? Right? Yeah, I think maybe like closer to minus one sixty, but like in in this range, like moderate to biggish favorite, but. Like it's three rounds this time. Like Zanga kind of let it fly. She's the better striker in my opinion. And like, it's not like she's like. I know she got knocked out by Rose Namibus. I thought that was kind of fluky. And then she lost a tight decision. I thought she was winning early, kind of gassed out, and got like kind of ended up on the mat too much. This is a three round fight. Joanna hasn't fought it since this fight. Like, I don't know. Isn't Zang just like probably gonna look? better than the first right. round right like i feel like early like a shorter fight is going to benefit her more than joanna who is more of like a cardio a cardio type of fighter where she's trying to grind out decision zang is kind of going for knockouts and trying to like land damage any
0: amy opinion? any any thoughts on the fight or maybe you want to keep your opinion until i want to keep pick?
3: my opinion to myself okay.
0: <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> uh, i will say i i love joanna's favorite fighters of all time how we did not love her as a fighter, but and I think she represented a, a very milestone in women's martial arts. But I think now, Whaley Zing kind of represents then the, the next level of women's mixed martial arts. But I, hey, I could be wrong. Maybe she comes out and wins and makes me look stupid. Super possible. Um, but I'll take Whaley Zhang. So let's bring up the recap graphic for the first round. Uh, I'm the only one on a favorite uh, in the first round. Uh, back in favorites has actually kind of won me. Uh, a couple drafts recently, so uh, but we'll see how the rest of my draft goes. And then uh, both underdogs for Reed and Amy. uh, Amiv, plus 135 for Reed. And then Glover Teixeira in the main event as an underdog, plus 165 against Heery. All right. Snake draft, that means it is back to me. I'm going to take actually an underdog in this one, uh, and I'm going to take Jake Matthews, plus 120 against Andre Fialo. This guy's been around lately. Yeah, this is, so this is the third time he's fought since we started the show, which is only yeah. like a three. We've been doing this for a few months, and he's already, this is the third time he's fought. He's fought a lot. This is his third fight this year. Um, yeah, he, he lost his first fight in the UFC, then went on to score two straight knockout losses or two straight knockout wins, which are, are obviously uh, uh, very impressive wins, but I think this is a very significant step up in competition for him. Jake Matthews has been around. Around for a while he's experienced but he has room to grow and he's actually i think he's one of the more underrated fighters uh in this weight class and big thing to note about jake matthews that i that i like about him quite a bit in this fight is he's very good defensively 61 uh, 61 defense rate only absorbs 2.16 strikes per minute so i think that should actually obviously help uh, nullify Fialo's knockout power and also Jake Matthews is a fantastic wrestler, we know this about him uh, he averages just under two takedowns per 15 minutes in the octagon and we really haven't seen uh, Fialo fight uh, a very talented and skilled fighter so I think we're getting a little bit of value on Jake Matthews here um, and he also shares the same name as uh, the Atlanta Falcons best offensive lineman Jake Matthews, so uh, yeah. a little bit of biased uh, like I'd love for him just for that reason alone So, Jake Matthews plus 120
3: I like
0: it. All right, that's, all
3: got. that's all perfect. Got for you. <laughs> all
0: right, no, no disagreements, or maybe Reed disagrees, and maybe he's going the opposite side. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Amy, it is back to you for your second round pick.
3: Okay, so clearly, based off my reaction to your Whaley pick, I'm going to go with Joanna Yunjeychek. Um, I think normally I would probably go with Lee just because of the experience, you know, the the fact that. She kept fighting while Yoana was out. But there's something about Ioana that I don't think she would return. And I don't think she would take this fight if she wasn't sure she was ready. Um, there was some talk that she could potentially be retiring, um, all kinds of stuff. I just don't, I don't know. I, I think if she's coming back, she's coming, she's going to make, you know, put a message through, like, I'm back. Uh, I just don't see her losing. It, I mean, maybe a very close, like, razor. or, Split decision, but yeah, I think I think Ywana's got it, and I have a fun story about Ywana. I'll always remember it, so I always put put some money on her. I was doing a um, a fun thing with some fighters at media day one day where I had them all reading a section of a Christmas, and I the night before Christmas they were each reading a page, and I was putting it together to make like a cute little Christmas video. She was not on the card, but she was there at the hotel and found out I was doing it and wanted to be included and came downstairs just to be included, and she could not pronounce the word chimney. She kept saying chimmery. And I just like, I know it has nothing to do with why I want to bet on her, but I just think about that and it makes me smile and I cannot put money on anybody against Yolanda ever again. Cause in my head I just hear chimmery over and over. I
0: feel like I saw that video. How, how, how long ago was that?
3: It was before COVID. So two or three years. Yeah. I mean, I had Mike Perry in it. So it yeah, a I think I
0: remember, words. I think I remember watching that video.
3: Yeah, it was fun. Some of them got really into it and, uh, yeah, I remember to do it we had they had to separate Colby and and Usman that was when they were fighting. So mm-hmm. I had to have them in different rooms and both of them took it really serious and like read through the pages a couple of times and practice. So I just I don't know, I thought it was really cute how how well the fighters and like how, wanted to do. Like they took it so serious. They wanted to be really good on camera. So hopefully we can get back to doing some fun stuff like that soon.
0: I, I mean, obviously, I'm on the other side. I'm not going to argue too much, though. I, Like I said, I love Joanna as well. Uh, I wish her the best. But uh, from a betting that's perspective, a- I think is the pick. But we'll see.
2: Amy, is there a chance she retires if she loses? Or that's like this is like the start of like the comeback not – I know you were saying like announcing mm-hmm. she's back. But like what if she loses? Or you have no idea?
3: I don't know. I
2: think – relatively young.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think that maybe the retirement talk was more like fans <laughs> because she was taking so long. I don't know if she ever did. I think there was one time where she tweeted something that said um, something that kind of alluded to retirement. And I messaged her manager and was like, Hey, is she retired? And her manager said, no, no, she's just enjoying vacation. And um, so I don't know how much of that retirement talk was actually her, if it it might've been more like the fan saying, Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I don't think if she loses, I don't think, I guess it would depend on how she loses.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, Reed. go ahead with your final pick of the second round, and then we'll recap the first two rounds.
2: Yeah, I'll go with another underdog on the main card, uh, Rodrigo Bontorin. Oh, Uh,
3: I had him on mine.
2: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so people love Manal Kape. Definitely said that one wrong probably too. Um, I just don't see as much Bontorin. I've seen his last handful of fights. I know he's technically winless in his last four. He had a win overturned to a no contest. But I watched when it's Kai Cara france who's now ch- uh, challenging for the title. He had him done in the first round. Cara france no- uh, ends up getting up and from a submission, knocks him out. So, like, if that changes, like, I just think this is a really low price for a veteran. He's been around. He has 11 wins by submission, and Cop hasn't been challenged really there. A lot of his wins are by knockout kind of wild. If Bontran could hang on, meet, I know he kind of gasped, but I think he can win this fight by submission. I think it's a steep price, uh, and this is a step up in competition, in my opinion. Bontrin's fought the better fighters. I know he's on a losing streak, but I kind of want to play against that and get like kind of the falling knife. So I'll take Bontrin at plus 185. And it seems like Amy agrees with me. Yeah, I mean, that's that's who I had That was going to be
3: my next pick. So
0: it's a
2: big price. So I don't know. I kind of lean there. I think, you know, submission threat, especially.
3: Yeah.
0: No arguments from me. All right, let's bring up the round two recap graphic here. Uh, all three underdogs this time. So, out of these six fighters selected so far, only one has been a favorite. There's no way this will, you know, go south for us. <laughs> uh, Boncherin plus 185 for Reed. You uh, want a young Jake Jack, plus 145 for Amy. And Jake Matthews, plus 120 for myself. That brings us to the third and final round of the UFC 275 draft. Reed, go ahead.
2: Yeah, uh kind of don't love as much on the card. Uh Zhang was kinda like my third. That was kind of like my ideal draft. Bonterin, um Bontrin, Emiv and um Zhang. But I'm gonna go Steve Garcia, minus one seventy five. Steep price to pay, maybe a little overvalued, but guys fight facing um one on contender series is a plus four seventy five underdog. Now all of a sudden I know he won, so like yeah I give him some credit, but like yeah, put him all the way up. Garcia has um two UFC fights and another contender series. He's two and one in those fights. Uh plus four in reach. He's seven years older, has a ton more experience. I just think this is one of those fights where he could get this to the mat and whether win by knockout or just grind out a decision, you know, I don't love anything else on the board really. So I'll just think a guy I think is really likely to win and hopefully, you know, that you know, the Bud Light three and right there.
0: Um, I thought you were gonna go, Andre Fialdo.
2: No, I kind of like him too, but I don't know something fishy about that. Right. I think Jake, Ma- Jake Matthews. You know, you make good points, and I don't know. I don't like Fiallo as a a favorite because he's kind of knock out or bust.
0: All right, so uh, it might be the first time ever myself and Reed will not be on opposite sides. Uh, Maybe that will be the better for us. Amy, a- Amy is smirking right now. Amy, are you going against Reed?
3: Yeah. Oh, okay. actually- here we go. That was actually the other person i had on my list in case i couldn't get uh i do not know how to say this dude's name
2: have you like spoken to him though that like is gonna make me like feel stupid about this or you're just taking a shot here
3: no i literally was looking for an under because i there's a lot of names on this card i don't recognize or don't there's not a lot you know a lot of good underdogs you know me i want the underdog Mm -hmm. so i looked at all the underdogs i picked the one that i thought had the funnest name Okay. And he's a he's a debuting fighter as well. So he has that little element of like, he's got the I gotta make a a show statement? here. You know, yeah, Yeah, statement, that's the word I'm looking for. I gotta make a statement. He's coming in off a bunch of crazy wins. I don't know. I just I, it's something about him I liked. I'm still not gonna try to pronounce his name. Hey Sierra Hi right.
0: Hey Hey is
2: mahishat. It seems like yeah. he just goes by his last name. That's oh, that's not-
3: right. He's the he's the Madonna on the card. That's yeah. right.
2: Oh, I also probably. like that. Like I tried to like cap this fight and tried to like make a case, and he's like, I just really liked his name. Yeah. <laughs> he was an underdog. That, yeah. that that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs>
3: yeah, no, no, I have no I have no insight whatsoever. I looked at his tapology. I I actually wasn't he wasn't even on my radar. But then at the last minute, it was like, oh no, we need four picks. So I put him down and thankfully I did because I ended up getting one of my picks taken away. So, yeah, so there we go. He's going to be the one I get probably. Oh, probably
2: because I'm on the other side.
3: Yeah. Well, and I'm going against uh, both of you guys this time. I don't think I've ever done that.
2: Yes.
0: So, me and Reed are not going against each other, other, but you're going against myself and Reed um, in two of your three fights. All right, I like it. I am going to go with my final pick, and I did not send this one to the producers. I apologize. It is a prelim fight, though, um, so I don't think we have a matchup graphic for it. I'm going with – now, I don't know which name comes before the other one because I'm seeing conflicting reports, but either Na Liang or Liang Na.
2: She just missed the cup for me. I, I like this pick. All right, perfect. I get I'm going to bet on her in some capacity.
0: So, my big thing this was my kind of my backup because uh, Amiv ended up getting selected, but uh, she is a plus 130 underdog. Um, she is fighting Silvana Gomez Juarez. And if you look at the matchup, at least based on how these fighters have had their fights finished, uh, I think it's a good one for Na Liang. Once again, I apologize if it is the opposite Liang Na. Uh, but she has 10 submission wins. Uh, and Silvana Gomez Juarez is coming off two straight first-round submission losses. Uh, her latest submission loss uh, came to friend of the program, uh, Vanessa Dimopoulos. So two straight submission losses against what seems to be a submission artist. Also, Silvana Gomez-Juarez is 37 years old, which is getting a little bit up there for, for mixed martial arts. Na Yang stole 25, so a little bit more room to grow with her as well. And she did lose her UFC de- debut to Ariana... Ariana Carnelossi.
3: Carnelosi, yeah. Uh,
0: hmm um but before that i mean she was on a fi- five fight win streak um maybe a little bit of octagon jitters her first fight out uh so i like her as a little bit of a slight underdog maybe she can pull off a submission
2: yeah suarez uh does dumb stuff out there she like just puts herself in difficult situations so hopefully not compounds. pounds i'm gonna be i'm gonna bet this with you
0: yeah if if uh Juarez is in a stand-up war i think she wins but she's i mean if she does what if she Is what if she does what she did the last (laughs) fight? She's going to be submitted uh, for the third straight fight. Uh, (laughs) The the prosecco is already getting to me here. Half drunk (laughs) over here. Um, All right, so that's our draft. Let's see. uh, Let's see the entire (laughs) recap graphic here. Oh boy. Um, Reed going Amiv plus plus one thirty five, Buntoren plus one eighty five. You ended up going with a favorite and your third and final pick with Garcia minus one seventy five. Amy, all three underdogs sticking true to form here. Glover, plus 165. Yuana plus 145. And Maheshat, plus 145. Um, and I went Lei Zhang, minus 175. Jake Matthews, plus 120. And Nia Liang, plus 130. There we go. Can I go back to back? Yes. Will I? Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this up, Reed? No, nah, I'm, I'm pumped for this card. Not as much name brand. But I think it's going to be quick, but Yuri Glover is going to be a sick fight. So I'm pretty pumped for that one. Oh, we didn't, wait. wait, wait, wait. We didn't even talk about uh, Chef Chance yeah. Santos, so we should probably do that now that I'm going through the card. But – here, uh,
0: here's all you need to know about this fight. Shevchenko is yeah. once again going to win in dominant fashion. The end. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, That's why we did. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing up the, the, the graphic here, uh, team. Cause like, I mean, once again, I mean, to be fair, these are actually one of the shortest odds. I feel like we've seen for Valentina, Valentina for a little while. Um, only uh quote, only minus yeah. uh, 625. He was just like minus 1100. Uh, but yeah, she's, uh, is she now the most dominant women fighter with Amanda Nunes having lost her last fight? I think so, right? Yeah.
3: You know when some something that I forgot to bring up that could affect some of the American, North American, South American fighters is the time difference. They're gonna be fighting at five thirty AM local time.
2: So you know, I was gonna ask you what what time does it start? I mean I could just check what, what Singapore It's normal
3: is. for us. But, it's normal yeah, for us. Like
2: what time does the event start in Singapore?
3: Five thirty AM
2: so the main card goes on at, like, 9 a.m.? <ish>? Probably
3: around. That
2: might actually be okay for, wouldn't that work in the advantage of the North American
0: fighters if they just stayed on the same sleep schedule?
3: Well, they're not used to fighting at 9 a.m., though, because some people, you know, they usually have to wake up warm. You know what I mean? It's it's just a different routine. It doesn't necessarily, it, it could be an advantage depending on how you feel, but yeah, I know that when they fight in the morning here, a lot of them don't really like it.
0: But to them, if they keep the, sli- the same sleep schedule, obviously will be lighter. Like, the vibe will be a little bit different. But if they keep the same sleep schedule, it'd be just like as if it'd be at, you know, 10 p.m., 8 p.m.
3: But they can't normal. keep the same sleep schedule because they've got weigh-ins and oh,
0: okay. media a, day. You know what I mean? Like they're going to have yeah. to be
3: on their time while they're I there. I guess
2: that's a fair point. Yeah.
3: I don't know yeah, if it will I, affect them, but...
2: I unfortunately don't. I'm like... I don't want this, like, we, like, come on next week and, like, we're like, oh, we were so wrong. Like, I just think Shevchenko is just a of above of Santos. Like, I just, I don't see it really anywhere. This is, like, I think the third or fourth time in her last 10 fights that she's been under a thousand, minus a thousand. So they're giving Santos a lot of respect. Uh, Jay even said, it, Talia Santos, like, a lot of her records are kind of bumped up a little bit. She's still talented, mm-hmm. but, again, I just... I don't know, Shevchenko's just like much, much. better. I mean,
0: yeah, and, and Santa's on a four-fight win streak, but I mean, like she's not fighting anyone even close to Shevchenko's. Like, yeah, her last three fights were uh, Jillian Robertson, Roxanne Motifari, and Joanne Wood, formerly Calderwood. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, no very good fighters, but they're not, they're well, not, not even close to Shevchenko's. Yeah,
2: it's like a different, it's a different beast right there. Yeah. I, I, I think so. Like, I don't know, because I would say Shevchenko early knockout, but. She's kind of not finished early lately. I know Jennifer Maya went to decision. Uh, Lauren Murphy was like a late knockout. So I don't know. Maybe just like stay away <laughs> from this altogether.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's
2: definitely don't bet Santos though. Like the payoff is just like the the price isn't justified for the difference between the fighters. No, like, I don't think so. Pena over Nunez that was like much more in range. I think that was closer to like she was what like six seven to one. Much bigger yeah. on All right. Yeah. All
0: right. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because I fought. But I mean, like, yeah, like we said, there's not really too much to say about that fight. But hey, maybe we'll, we've seen crazier things happen before. So maybe. Uh, Amy, any final thoughts? You're excited to watch this at home. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming my invite to the watch party is in the mail.
3: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. It'll take you as long to get here as it was for the whole card. So yes. leave early. <laughs>
0: All right, well, then if that's uh, everything, let's wrap it up here. Uh, thank you everyone for watching. Like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube, as uh, of course. Um, yeah. Thank you all for watching. Best of luck with your picks. We'll talk to you. Uh, is there a card next weekend? Yes. Uh, be, right? Texas. Oh, it's in Texas.
3: But I will be at PFL, so we can talk about some PFL next week.
0: There we go. So we have lots of MMA to talk about. Next week's main event is Calvin uh, Cater and Josh Emmett. Yeah, good uh, card
2: next week, actually.
0: Fan, Fantastic fight there. And then Donald Cerrone and Joe Lowe's on co-main event, which was supposed to happen a few weeks ago. So looking forward to that. So, uh, yeah, best of luck with all your best this week, and we'll talk to you next week.